We are back with DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. I am your host, DDA Communications Manager, Evan Kelly. Today is part two of our Accessible Sports series, and today we're joined by Master Michael Sorota. He owns and operates Sorota's Alchemy, which trains students in the martial arts styles of Taekwondo and Hapkido. I think I'm saying Hapkido correctly. Uh, they operate in Richmond and in Steveston Village and uh, Victoria Drive in Vancouver. Uh, straight from his website, Master Sorota began his journey in martial arts in 1983. Since those humble beginnings, he has immersed himself fully as a martial arts practitioner, athlete, instructor, coach, global pioneer of therapeutic martial arts, and facilitator of global empowerment. He is, but not limited to, uh, an eighth degree black belt in Taekwondo a fifth degree black belt in Hapkido, a master instructor, uh, sorry, a master instructor certification for both styles. And for our particular audience, uh, he's got his instructor license in International Disabled Self-Defense Association and International Disabled Self-Defense Association black belt. Now he's received many awards for his efforts in the community and with the Paralympics and the autism community. You can find that list on his website, website at uh, sirotasalchemy.com. I'll spell that for you. It's S-I-R-O-T-A-S-A-L-C-H-Y-M-Y.com. Uh, Master Sirota, it's great having you here today and thank you for coming into the studio. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you. Now tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, why did you get back, get into martial arts back in the early 80s? Well, I was I was a child, and uh, uh, like most kids, um, had uh, low self-esteem and no no confidence. So it was an opportunity for, you know, for me to or for my parents to see that I needed something. And um, so I started with martial arts. At that time, I really didn't know anything about it, and um, I just kept going. I never stopped. You just fell in love with it. Yeah, absolutely. And was that and was that Taekwondo? In the it, it was Taekwondo. Yes. And so what's the difference between Taekwondo and Hapkido? Well, there's there's thousands of different martial arts systems and styles, and mm-hmm. uh, um, uh, martial arts is just like a general umbrella for what spe- very specific styles. Um, you know, I always tell the parents and the students that come to our schools that it's not so much important the style of martial arts, but the school and the philosophy and the methodologies and what they teach and what uh, if that's in line with your own philosophy and what you want for your child or for yourself. Uh, but generally speaking, Taekwondo is, a, I would say, it's the most popular martial art in the world in terms of number of participants. It's an mm-hmm. Olympic sport. Um, it's the most globalized uh, martial art as well. Uh, there's a lot of kicking, punching. It's, a mo- it's more aerobic. Uh, you know, it's great for gross motor skill development, coordination, physical fitness. Hapkido is more of a, a self-defense martial art. Um, so you utilize a more joint locks, joint manipulation. So it's, we teach it from a defensive point of view, where you know someone, let's say, grabs you or you know attacks you. How to get away, not necessarily with kicking and punching. Now you've got two locations. So how many students are you servicing these days? Um, right now, we, between. Uh, seven to eight hundred kids or oh, students. Wow. wow, that's a lot. Now, uh, COVID must have hurt you when, when that started and people stopped uh, going out. Are you, things sort of back to normal for you guys? Uh, yeah, we, we're, we're back in you know, full swing. And, uh, you know, COVID, of course, it was a, uh, we all had to adjust and adapt and, mm-hmm. you know, how they say pivot. And we pivoted instantaneously. So I remember um, we were, um, you know, the news came out that we had to shut down and uh, I think it was like a, I don't know, like a Tuesday or Wednesday and then the following day I had a staff meeting and by the weekend we were, we were doing all classes Zoom. 
Oh wow! Yeah, so, so we were, and we didn't, you know, at that time I had no idea what Zoom is, and you know, and we had to like, you know, I had to go and buy computer screens and you know, laptops and everything like that, and we just, uh, you know, had to figure out how to use the system, and uh, you know, within two three days we were offering 100% uh, virtual classes. Now, do you still offer virtual classes for those people who have a difficult time getting? Uh, we don't. Uh, over over the months and years, um, we gradually declined uh, the virtual classes. It's just there wasn't any interest, and um, yeah. But at one point in time, it was it was everything was virtual. But right now, it's all in person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's clear on your website that working with the disabled community is high on your list of priorities. Why is that? Um, I believe that's where that's what I'm here to do. That's my path. That's uh, uh, it, in a way. I never, um, when I was running the schools, you know, when I was much younger, I never uh, really thought about, or I, actually, I was didn't even know anything about you know the disability community or what is autism or what's what's you know spinal cord injuries, nothing like that. It was. Uh, uh, I had, this was in the 90s, we had some kids in our classes that I felt that they you know, had some challenges and they needed extra support, but I didn't know what kind of support and then, you know, I was really oblivious to all of that. Um, never had any exposure. And, um, but I, just, I knew that martial arts is really beneficial for them. And, but the environment that they were at in, um, you know, there were too many kids, they, ne they needed different type of support. So we decided, I decided to start um, you know, a little class for them, uh, where they can get more individualized support and more adaptive to their to their needs, and then from there it just grew exponentially. So, how many is there a certain amount of percentage you would say of your students that are in the disability community? Uh, we are, we are at full capacity for quite a few years. We have a wait list for our private lessons uh, oh, wow. for the last, I would say, five years plus. Um, uh, guessing we we probably work with about. 200 to 250 individuals with various diagnoses. Oh wow, that, 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 that's actually a fairly significant mm -hmm. number. And it's, Correct. I mean, I guess if there's a wait list as a, biz, as a business owner, that's, that's a good problem to have in a sense. Yes, we, now the challenge is like the, having enough staff to accommodate the, the needs. Right, right, of course. Now one of your many accolades, and, uh, and, if you, and if you go onto his website, you see all these awards and accolades that uh, Master Sirota has, uh, has received one is para taekwondo pioneer can you explain what that award is and how you why you received um, it yeah so it uh, I'm, i don't focus too much on the awards um you know i appreciate it and <laughs> i'm grateful for that um but years ago i always believed that w the martial arts should be for all and um so i had a, a vision or a dream uh, that i worked towards manifesting which was globalizing you know, martial arts for everyone. Um, so I decided to go global and you know uh, discuss and you know bring it to the forefront of the from the with the World Taekwondo Federation at that time, and see how we can bring um, para taekwondo to the Paralympic Games. Um, so I've at that time you know spent a lot of time traveling all over the world, bringing my expertise and passion to everyone, and try to get the the international. Um, uh, sport community um, open their eyes and, and minds and hearts to people with various uh, challenges and you know uh, uh, special abilities. And so, uh, para taekwondo is now in in the Paralympics. It is yes. What uh, is that? The only martial art in Paralympics right now? Uh, no, uh, they have a judo as well for people who are visual impaired. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Now. 
you, you talk a lot about, I mean, the list of um, uh, services that you provide to, to the cognitively, cognitive impairment is actually quite long, like you deal with a lot of different conditions. Now, what is your connection to the World Autism Festival or the autistic community in general? Well, um, most of our students in our, in our therapeutic martial arts program are autistic. Uh, I would say maybe 89 percent uh, or maybe even higher mm. um, it's not that that's not that wasn't what we went after that demographic it's just there's just so many more individuals with autism compared to cerebral palsy or yeah. down syndrome or you know spinal cord injury so we just we we do provide programs for that demographic just because there's more more kids um, mm -hmm. but we we're truly I believe we're all inclusive we provide programs for everyone um, so to us, to me personally, it doesn't matter, you know, if it's a, an intellectual impairment or a physical or sensory, you know, we welcome everyone. So mar martial arts, you, in, in your mind, is the great leveler of the playing field? Yes, I, be I believe that, um, you know, the, if it's done properly, it, it will greatly benefit on the physical level, emotionally, you know, develop the self-control, the, the um, uh, impulse control, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so when you work with students who are autistic, often, mm -hmm. obviously that's a spectrum. So you've got some high fun high functioning and some is not as high functioning. Is there is there a specific process that you sort of uh, use for autism, or is it really more of a case by case basis? Yeah. Uh, so how it works is, uh, let's say if a family has a ch um, a child with autism or any other uh, you know diagnosis, the first step is that we do a, a kind of an informal assessment. So the family comes in, or if it's an adult, an adult will come in, and then we, you know, I meet him or her, meet the family, kind of just figure out what's the best environment for the student. Um, we offer like private lessons, we have group lessons, we have group lessons for like younger kids, for older like youth, adults. So we kind of uh, during the assessment, we kind of determine what what's the best what's the best path for for the child. If they need one-on-one um, -on -one support, then you know, then we recommend the private lessons. If they if they're ready for group integration, then you know we will put, we will recommend that. Now, is that do you see that as as I mean, you know, in terms of uh, treating kids with autism, there's there's lots of different therapies. I mean, we've talked about music therapy and you know one-on-one -on -one therapy. Uh, are you do you find that martial arts really helps them sort of come out from under the shadow of autism? Um, I believe so. Um, now I can only speak on what we do. Um, if it's done, what I believe, if it's done properly, where we um, place the emphasis on life skills and place the emphasis on character development and create an individualized approach where it's adaptive to the child or the student, where um, I, I strongly believe that martial arts has to be yielding, blending, and adaptive to the student's needs and where their, their stage of development. So, if we, And that's what we promote at our school and that's what we uh, implement in our schools. So if we are teaching um, not that where you know it's a mold and everyone has to fit into the mold, and yeah, it might not be suitable. Um, but if we are that there's no really mold and we adapt to it, um, it, can, it can be extremely beneficial. Um, and obviously, it's not we're not just talking about people with autism. The, I, I assume there's other conditions like Down syndrome Correct. or CP or, Correct. or something like that. And and how do how do they do in your program? They do great. <laughs> they Full just, stop. Uh, They're awesome. They they just uh, you know uh, I truly believe everyone can do it. Uh, so I I 
don't put any restrictions. Um, I don't work, with, and our instructors don't work within any in, in way parameters or within the box. So whatever we believe is applicable, it's, it can help the student, we will apply it. Fantastic. Now, uh, what is some of the response you get from parents of, of this particular community? Um, I believe it's all very positive. Um, you know, we, we have been doing this for, um, I'd say, about 24 years now. Uh, specializing in, this, in, our, in the special needs programs. We, um, we have a fairly large population we, um, of kids and, and youth and adults. Um, you know, I think the best is to, every, every family will have their own experiences and mm -hmm. uh, I don't wanna you know, talk on their behalf, but I, I do believe it's all very benevolent. Now, what are um, some of the personal experiences we've seen in outcomes in students with developmental disabilities? Can you, can you identify like one a sort of uh, student without naming names of course who like became you know overcame um i generally well we have so many uh positive experiences but i think that the main thing is the the sense of accomplishment uh self-confidence self-esteem that the, uh, our facility provides a, an atmosphere where they can all shine and that's what we really, that's what I want to see in the, in the long run, where they become more independent, uh, they become, you know, they feel proud of who they are, they are, they're, you know, we're not trying to in a way change them, we're trying to like, okay, you have all these skill sets, we, well, let's, that, let's help you become, you know, better at it mm -hmm. um, and overcome your, uh, whatever your imbalances are. Yeah, and, and, and for your typically developed students, are, uh, are they embracing the, the sense of inclusion as well? I, I feel so. We we um, like we do have separate classes depending on the, the the you know we have like for young kids for older like you know beginners intermediate advanced so we mm -hmm. adults so we have different programs. But when we have like events such as like you know rank testings or tournaments or um, you know any kind of events, it's all inclusive. So everyone is included. There's no um, so if you come to our school, you know you might see someone you know in a wheelchair. You might see someone with you know with a walking cane. Uh, you know we'll see a lot of kids with autism. Um, you know that's just who we are. Now and and, and you mentioned wheelchair. The, obviously that you got to be a, a whole other sort of adapted program for that. Correct. Um, so we. Um, you know, if they are, if they can't walk, um, like do, let's say spinal cord injury, so then we will create a um, program for them where it's, they're utilizing more their upper body. Oh, I see. Well, that sounds good. Um, now, your website, your website has a page dedicated to disability training, even sightless training. Can you tell tell me a little bit about that program? Yeah. So. Uh, uh, Many years ago, I was um, I wanted to expand, and, and I felt okay. Let's um, let's bring the uh, visually impaired community into martial arts because I feel it could be very beneficial from the self defense point of view, you know, um, uh, and just you know, just you know, martial arts is for all uh, philosophy. Uh, so I've uh, created a program where I call it sightless self defense, where it's based on uh, not sight, but it's, uh, you know, a, t a tactile, so they're it's more hapkido based, so they're you know more sensory as uh, to you know people grabbing and you know uh, working on self-defense escapes. So, but to me, it's uh, if it's adaptive, uh, people with visual impairment can can absolutely do martial arts. Now, hapkido is that what like I I may have asked you this earlier, but I can't quite remember. Now, what's the difference with between taekwondo and hapkido? Uh, so it's more uh, um, self-defense oriented. So the individuals that say, like we offer the sightless self-defense program for, um, 
you know, we have in the past where, let's say, a, a group of adults or we go to another organization or partner with another organization um, where we, you know, I will go there and actually run the classes. Um, so it's more like we'll do the, like the striking and the kicking, but, you know, we focus more on the self-defense of where, you know, someone, let's say, grabbing you and how to get away or someone's grabbing your wrist or grabbing your shirt or things like that. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what Hapkido sort of more focuses on? Uh, that's what we teach us. Oh, okay, okay. Um, so, you, do, your, do your JoJo's get, in, they get involved in tournaments? Um, we, at the moment, we focus primarily on, like we offer like in-house tournaments, like for our students, mm-hmm. where we'll have our own, um, our own you know, events. Uh, we, in the past, we have taken our students to uh, you know, provincial, national, and even, you know, we even competed internationally as well. And even our in the past, we would bring our some of our like paratype window athletes to international events as well. And so every all everybody is included in that. Yeah, as well. absolutely. It's, it's, that's yeah. no no issues whatsoever. Nope. Okay. Now you offer one-on-one training for students who may need that actual yes. assistance. And I hate to ask the question: Is that more expensive? It is. Yes. And uh, what, what does that cost? So uh, the, the private lessons, depending on who the instructor, it's, I would say it's in about uh, 95 to $100 per, per session. And each session is 50 minutes. 50 minutes a session. Seems kind of standard for anything, yeah. anything yeah. private, you know, yeah. so well, that's good. Uh, if the, let's say if a child who has autism and they're between the ages of 6 to 19, then they could use the autism funding for our programs as well. Oh, that's a, that's, that's a, that's a good point to make. I mean, uh, f- that funding is through, uh, I guess, autism? It's PC, through, uh, no, it's through uh, the ministry. Through the, uh, the provincial government. Um, is is autism the only one that's supported, or can you can uh, anybody with a disability? At the moment, yes. Um, and I know there's been uh, some talks, and so uh, you know, I, I I truly believe it should be for everyone who needs the support. But for now, uh, hopefully things will change. And there has been some, uh, you know, talk about changes. But I I'm not involved in the political side, so I'm not. Yeah. You're just here to teach martial arts. Yeah, and and make a positive difference in the world yeah, through yeah, martial arts. Absolutely. Now you've got you've got two locations. Which one opened first? Uh, the Richmond one. The Richmond one. Okay. And how long has that been open? Uh, so in Richmond, we've been uh, since the ni- early '90s. Uh, we have moved several times because of redevelopments in in the city. Um, and the Vancouver one, uh, we at, we've been at the same location for about I'd say about 12 years now. Maybe no, maybe even more. Any any uh, thoughts about expanding even to more? Uh, I would love to. You know, that's always uh, uh, or has been on my mind for quite some time. It's just uh, uh, my challenge is staffing. You know, it, it takes a, uh, a lot of time, a long time to develop uh, the positive staff and uh, experienced staff, and uh, so that's the. Uh, that's a challenge. Well, that must be a greater challenge. I mean, you're not just you're not just hiring anyone off the street. They have to be an expert of martial arts in order to teach it. I would think. Uh, they have to have the martial arts skills. Plus, they have to have the you know it's it's very personality based what we do. So we have they have to be able to connect with the children, with the students. Mm-hmm. They have to be able to inspire them and to, and you know motivate them, and at the same time provide uh, you know the the discipline, the structure associated. So there's there's a lot of skill sets and. Involved to be, I feel a good instructor. Now, speaking of training, is there? Did you receive any training in, in teaching people on with autism or other disabilities uh-huh. or anything specific? Um, so I'm I'm self-taught. 
Uh, uh, so like and then like I said earlier in the early 90s, uh, we had some kids with, I assume with special needs. I didn't even know what autism was or yeah, what. Right. I didn't. I had like absolutely zero knowledge, and I start doing my own research and uh, this is like before Google or anything like that so I, so it was like going to like you chapters had to go to a library? or libraries <laughs> yeah there were such thing as libraries and just uh, just doing my own research and then um, and then start and grow from there uh, and then like you know mention like you know with the visual impaired or people with spinal cord injuries who are in wheelchairs you know I would uh, when I decide to have a program for a visual impaired I would blindfold myself and figure out what works, what doesn't, and wheelchairs and things in the chair, and like decide, you know, figure out how, what how we can teach, and then experiment on my own to develop the programs. That's that's pretty unbelievable. Now, do you now when you when it comes to your own staff, yeah. do you provide training for them? Uh, yeah, so we do a lot of uh, internal um, um, training. Um, we also, you know, I have traveled to various countries, and I have um, and taught other and certified other instructors, other martial arts instructors on how to teach uh, like therapeutic martial arts and parataekwondo. You know, we have a, we even offer an online certification program. Uh, we probably have, uh, I'd say, people from about 30 plus countries that have taken oh, wow. our courses and are, are teaching our, our philosophies and methodologies. So we, there is, uh, there's nothing like global other than what we offer. So you're you're pretty unique in this field yes. around the world. Yeah, correct. That's that that's unbelievable. I'm actually quite surprised, oh. pleasantly surprised. Oh. <laughs> and so, how many countries have you been working with, and where do you go to to teach? So uh, pre-COVID, uh, I traveled quite a bit, um, and then when I was working on an international level, you know, bringing globalizing paratech window, I you know went to quite a few different places. Um, and then I kind of moved away from that and, and then started focusing more on our schools and on our staff, our students. Uh, but I, through martial arts, through Taekwondo, I, I'm guessing I've been through to 20, 30, maybe 30 countries, maybe more. And, and spreading the, the information on Correct. therapeutic yeah. martial yeah. arts. Teaching seminars and uh, presenting uh, anything from, you know, a 10 minute talk to, uh, you know, I typically would have done uh, like 16-hour courses, like a oh. Saturday, Sunday, eight hours each day. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I know you said you're not a big awards guy, but I think there should be some more awards <laughs> in your future. Like, how about the Order of BC or the Governor General's Award? This is, this is all amazing stuff. Um, so how do people get in touch with you? Uh, so we have the two schools. Uh, we're you know, social media, we're, we're there. Um, like you said, our website, uh, we have sorosalchemy.com. We also have uh, same website, martial arts for all, like with the number four. Uh, so it's just a little bit easier for people to find it. So if they type in oh, okay. martial arts number four all.com, that's us also. It'll, well, it'll go to our I website. I wasn't aware of that. That's good, good. Because most people have a hard time spelling alchemy and stuff like that, or my or Sorotis. Is there anything else that you wanted to discuss that you think is important that I've missed or anything? Um, well, I, I greatly appreciate you know this opportunity to share our what we do at the Alchemy, our passion, our our vision, and uh, you know we continue to want to provide more programs and more services for for our uh, inclusive community. Um, so yeah, we just. Uh, you know, it's a great honor, and uh, I feel that we there's still a lot more work to be done to truly make uh, 
to, ch to make these positive changes in, in, our, in our community and our global community. Well, it sounds like martial arts is, is, is an easy way to do that by, you know, everything you've told me just sounds absolutely amazing. So I think that covers it. Oh, thank you. Uh, you have been listening to DDA's Encouraging Abilities podcast. Our guest has been Master Michael Shirota, Taekwondo and Hapkido instructor and owner of Shirota's Alchemy. Uh, we've been talking about martial arts programs they offer for people with physical and developmental disabilities. It's extremely extensive and, as we've learned, sort of groundbreaking around the world, which is amazing. You can check out their website, uh, sirotasalchemy.com, as well as martialartsforall.com. Uh, Master Michael Shirota, thanks again for being here. My pleasure. Thank you for having me here. I am DDA Communications Manager Evan Kelly. Thanks for tuning in. See you next time.